0: This is the Casper and Chris Podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
1: I uh, got to like yourself a uh, little guns and roses at old dark 30 in the morning. Why don't we always start the show with this? We could. I guess there's 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 no law that would stop us. And the legislature isn't in session so they couldn't get a law uh, anyway until <laughs> unless they call a special session.
2: Not a state law anyway.
1: Guns and roses uh, got to be coming to town and We have tickets that we're going to be giving away coming up tomorrow morning. All morning long, we're going to give you a chance to win your tickets to Guns N' Roses. All right? So just want to get you prepared for tomorrow morning. So in case you had something going on, you'll have a chance to win your tickets coming up tomorrow morning. It will be a text-and-win contest. And it will be going on all morning long tomorrow morning, so everybody who wants to get Guns N' Roses tickets will have that chance. All you have to do is listen in. We'll give you all the details coming up tomorrow morning. But beginning just after 6 o'clock, once again, a reminder, we will be giving away those Guns N' Roses Mm -hmm. tickets tomorrow morning. Mark it down on your calendar so that you're up early uh, and uh, listening. 44 degrees. That seems fairly chilly <laughs> in downtown Boise. I, I didn't even have to look at the temperature as I got uh, in out of my car. Especially noticed it here um, as I got out of my car to come into the building. I went, "Ooh, this has got to be the 40s," because it was it was nippy this morning.
2: <laughs> Debbie informed me on the way in that she had a jacket in the van until like three days ago when she saw it and took it out and put it in the house. And so this morning she didn't have a jacket in the van.
1: (laughs) What did she, as we're getting closer to fall and winter, why did she decide to take it out? I don't know. Just bad timing.
2: (laughs) It was a nice day and she wasn't thinking about it.
1: So we got a cold front uh, that is coming through the Treasure Valley. Um, Started in as of yesterday and going to be bringing 40 degree temperatures overnight, daytime highs tomorrow, as you heard in the weather forecast here in the Treasure Valley. Going to be. Probably not out of the 60s. Um, and the other thing that's this is bringing, we've got uh, rain showers coming tomorrow on Friday morning also. Mm. Um, but it is also bringing snow for the first yeah, time since the, May to, to the, the mountains. Yeah. Any place, uh, above 7,000 feet this morning, uh, could be seeing snow and that could drop down to about, um, 6,000 <laughs> feet later tonight. <laughs>
2: We were in here about 15 minutes ago just listening to the
1: forecast, and and Derek says, did he just say snow? What? (laughs) Yeah. So our best chance of rain uh, here in the Treasure Valley going to be arriving tomorrow night about 40% uh, tomorrow night through Friday morning. As I mentioned, higher elevations going to be seeing snow. Um, f- just for reference, for instance, uh, Stanley situated at 6,250 feet above sea level, so hiking trails surrounding the uh, tourist town could be above the snow line. Um, Stanley, this, and Stanley, a lot of times, is one of the coldest areas oh, yeah. in the... Uh, The lower 48.
2: I've nearly frozen to death in July in Stanley.
1: They will see lows uh, this week into the 20s, possibly teens. McCall, catch him, going to hit freezing. Maybe two to three inches in the West Central Mountains, higher peaks of the Boise Mountains, uh, east of Idaho City. By the way, average temperature uh, in Boise, if, if you're thinking this is normal, no, average temperature in Boise is 75 to 77 degrees this week. For this, so to... much, you know, okay. much cooler over the next couple of days. Good. <laughs> <Brr>.
2: um <laughs> I didn't like it being 103, but then again, yeah, it starts to get down to
1: 30s and 40s, and I'm not crazy about that either. Uh, it's supposed to be warm back up next week. We should be back into the 70s and 80s next week, which I'm fine with. If we could say 70s and 80s right into the um, middle, end of November, I'd be mm-hmm. really happy with that. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I what? like
2: temperatures that are somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it's been fairly, you know, warm summer this year. Uh, as you mentioned, there were a couple of weeks of 100-plus mm-hmm. degree temperatures. Uh, coming up here for you this morning, oh, look at that. The uh, Dow Futures are up uh, about 93 points Yay. as of right now. They, they were down 106 yesterday. I figured so. since
2: uh, all of our teams won over the weekend that the uh, the Dow would go way down
1: this week. <laughs> Sports and the Dow uh, Just so we all tied, we all get tied all, together.
2: We didn't get all cocky. You know?
1: Speaking of... Sports teams, mm-hmm. uh, I did, they, Nick Chubb, we told you about yesterday, is yeah. out for the season because of a horrific knee injury, of and I don't use horrific very often, but I finally saw a picture. They didn't show the replay no. uh, uh, during the game because it was so horrific, and I'm going, and how from, and, bad from, is that? And from the angle,
2: it's, from the original angle, it didn't look like it was no. anything but a tackle.
1: I uh, did see a picture of it. I didn't see the video, and I understand now why they didn't show it. Uh, his knee bent backwards at a 90 degree angle. So it's like if you're sitting in a chair, uh, think how your legs are bent. Now think the exact opposite and your leg is going straight up. Yeah, if your knees, if your knees bent
2: that way all the time, what would a chair even look like? You probably wouldn't need a
1: chair. Yeah. You wouldn't even need a chair. Um, so I, now I, now I get it because uh, so many times, I mean, how many times have we seen the, Theismann,
2: broken re- re- leg re- replay.
1: Yeah. I mean, you saw it, you mm, saw yeah. it replayed over and over during the game. And now you've seen it in the blindside movie. You've seen the replays many, many times. Dallas fans laughed at it forever, which I thought was, you know, absolutely horrific. And that didn't come close to just the picture. I yeah. didn't see the video, like I said, but I saw the picture and I'm like, Oh, knees are not supposed to bend like that. Um, unless you're a flamingo, a surgeon, uh, y- yesterday said that this could be not just, uh, Season ending, but career ending, wow! Which would which would really suck, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Cleveland and for Nick Chubb. Yep. Um, yeah, it, I mean, because right now he was uh, until his injury, he was considered yeah. probably one of the top five had, or six uh, running backs. I think he's NFL. had what four
2: straight seasons with over a thousand yards.
1: Yeah. Uh, what else is going on today? Oh, uh, I do need to mention uh, Jim Jones, former Attorney General. Was going to be in studio with us also uh, this morning.
2: Also, former Chief Justice of the Idaho Supreme Court.
1: Yes, was going to be in studio with us this morning. Um, however, uh, I uh, received a message from him last night, talked to him yesterday. Um, he will not be in studio because his wife has tested positive for COVID. So, if you thought COVID was gone, apparently it's not. Well, so
2: very considerate of him.
1: Since uh, his... He he's been around his wife quite a bit. Uh she <laughs> tested yesterday positive for COVID. She so said, still he live probably today. yeah, he probably shouldn't come into the um Sorry, studio. You. Uh I'm really, you know, because we, we because of Bronco Tuesday yesterday, we didn't have him on the air with us. I was originally going to try and get him on Tuesday. Uh but I'm glad we didn't because he would have come in before his wife was t- he came back tests positive for COVID, which means we would have been Around somebody who had close proximity to COVID. So
2: I was right. Kelly Jones. That's his last name.
1: So he will be uh, still on the air with us, but it will be over the phone. So we'll be talking with him over the phone this morning. Once again, we're going to be talking about uh, open primaries, ranked choice voting. He's going to give us uh, details trying to get the open primary on the ballot. They need about 63,000 signatures. I don't know approximately where they're at yet on that, but they have until April of next year. Um, Going to get your thoughts this morning on open primaries. Um, Do you want to see open primaries? And I want to hear from both Republicans and Democrats on open primaries. Because it it seems to me almost all, if not all, Democrats want open primaries. Not all Republicans want open primaries. I think
2: they're kind of weird. I mean, if you're going to have primaries, have the Democrat and Republican primaries the same day. And everybody chooses one yeah. and yeah. votes in that one. Yeah.
1: That's it. I don't understand it either, but maybe this morning after we talk with Jim Jones, uh, last week, Butch Otter, former uh, Idaho governor, and uh, his wife, Lori, also came out endorsing uh, open primary mm-hmm. so we'll talk about it this morning we'll get your thoughts on it and then once again jim jones will be with us uh he'll also take some of your questions so you have questions about it be listening in about eight thirty this morning it's time for our first check on what's going on with sports once again chris brought to you by pork belly acuna the place to go if you're looking for a delicious breakfast or lunch check out their menu uh you can do that all new menu right now at the com.
2: the san diego padres came within three outs of a combined no hitter tuesday night against the Colorado Rockies. Blake Snell started for the Padres and gave up no hits through seven innings while striking out 10. Snell leads the National League with a 2.33 earned run average. Robert Suarez then pitched a perfect eighth inning, but all-star closer Josh Hader came in to pitch the ninth and gave up singles to Rocky's second baseman Brendan Rogers and left fielder Nolan Jones before a double play finished the inning. In the bottom of the ninth, with the score tied at zero, Padres center fielder Trent Grisham walked, then shortstop Xander Bogarts hit a walk-off home run for a 2-0 San Diego win. Boise State University announced Tuesday season tickets are now on sale for 2023-2024 women's basketball. They're $50 each, unless they're courtside seats, which are $199, or you can get a family four-pack, not courtside, for $150. New this year, season tickets include the first five rows of parquet sections 15 through 20 across from the team bench and behind courtside seating. They're available at the Boise State Athletic Ticket Office or at
0: broncosports.com. That's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
1: 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through and take part in the uh, show. Also encouraged to do that. Emailing chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You can also text us at 208-336-3700, and... Um, just got a uh, picture uh, in texted to us this morning um, of a fire near the Boise Airport. Don't know what it is. They just mm. sent us a picture of a fire going on right now during the Boise uh, near the Boise Airport uh, this morning. Last evening,
2: uh, six o'clock or so, there was a huge uh, semi accident on the freeway. Oh, oh
1: no, it wasn't six o'clock. Oh, well, what time was it? Uh, about 3 o'clock. Oh, it was 3 o'clock? It was closed for about oh, 4 it, hours. It was, it
2: was still closed at 6. Let's yeah, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, somebody, somebody called us and said that they were in traffic, and it was 6 o'clock.
1: Yeah, I-84 was closed about 3 to 4 hours. Um, uh-huh. I had played golf. I didn't know it started that early. Yesterday in uh, Meridian. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> I had just got in my car and uh, heard Nate. Hey, we're going to take a break when we come back. Traffic uh, and weather. And I'll just tell you right now, don't go on I-84. <laughs> and, uh, I eighty uh, four. And I good advice. I I avoided I eighty four. Although it wasn't as bad going west, but west was still backed up. But east was at a complete standstill for as far as I can see, going over uh, the ten mile overpass. Yeah. Uh, as far as I could see, both collect uh, both directions just stopped traffic. Um, well, yeah, there was a semi, It was and it
2: was spread across every lane. Yeah,
1: apparently it was like two semis, I guess. But it is open this morning, in case you're listening in. Um, you know, the 4 is open. I had to, is, is
2: I had to do my, my usual
1: line, which is, well, there was a semi accident. No, it was a total accident. It was <laughs> um, a and, big and, one, too. And it's two days in a row, because yeah. yesterday, oh, yeah. yesterday afternoon, or Tuesday afternoon, the westbound Monday. lanes uh, were blocked. Or Monday afternoon, yeah, right. Monday afternoon, westbound lanes. Westbound lanes were yes. blocked because uh there was a uh rollover, so they had that completely blocked, so it took uh, I happened to be in the Boise area and took me over an hour to get home and I finally got off the freeway. I saw it coming up, it said accident in five miles and I go well i don 't want to go that way, so I got off at uh, meridian <laughs> Road and drove out drove out to Cuna to get home. So it took a little extra time. KBY news time is uh, 626. Once again, uh, hold on. We've got news coming up here next. Phone lines are open. You want to call in, uh, feel free, even right now. Tomorrow morning, you're going to be co- uh, texting us. Keep in mind, we've got Guns and Roses tickets that we'll be giving away all morning long coming up tomorrow morning. Make sure you're listening in early. We'll tell you how you can win here on News Talk KBY.
0: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our news talk.
1: 6 Six thirty-three. once again uh this coming Friday afternoon. We got a Friday game this week. Your Boise State Broncos begin play in the Mountain West against San Against the uh, San Diego State Aztecs. Bronco Game Day with Richie Bronco and Jay Bates starts at 3:30. Free game with Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender at 7:30. Kickoff at 8:30 coming up this Friday afternoon. It's one of those eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've I've never been in a situation. I mean, I played high school football, but all our games were always seven thirty kickoff. Mm-hmm. What I, I got, I gotta wonder how it affects you when you go one week from a ten o'clock in the morning kickoff to the next week you have an eight thirty kickoff. It's got to be a little uh, disconcerting. A little weird, for yeah. You. yeah, it's got to be a little bit weird. Uh, anyway, you'll be able to hear that game across all of our apps. Uh, apps, you get to hear it on six seventy AM, ninety three point one FM. So if you want to listen in, um, listen in there. I find it interesting because uh, San Diego State right now uh, nationally is ranked higher than Boise State. The game is being played at San Diego State. Boise State is an eight point favorite. <laughs> really, eight points? Eight point favorite? Wow. I I I can't. I can't figure that out. <laughs> other than the fact that the, the the people in Vegas think that Boise State is a little better in, than their
2: than their schedule in San Diego, this is being touted as as one of their two biggest home games of the year. The other one against UCLA.
1: Interesting. It is uh, it is the open of Mountain West, and you really want to start, especially against San Diego State. You want to mm-hmm. start the season, you know. 1 and 0. The whole goal is still ahead of all the Boise State uh team whose goal every year is to win the Mountain right. West. Um you don't want to start out the season by losing your first Mountain West game because then you're having to come from behind it's the entire year. San
2: Diego's conference opener too.
1: Yes. So uh yeah, I I was shocked by that yesterday when I when I saw the the, the line. I I thought okay, I'm misreading this. San Diego has to be favored <laughs> by eight. No. So mm. in actuality, um because usually Las Vegas gives three points just because it's a home game right. for one of the teams. So in actuality, this is probably an 11-point. If they were playing uh, on a neutral field, it would be 11 you, points. You almost want to believe that they did the odds like August 1st. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. And I don't know if it's because of strength of schedule that Boise State has had that they think that they're yeah, stronger, but could, could could very well be. KBOI News Time, 635.
3: For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google,
0: play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. <laughs>
1: Somebody needs to call animal control. That is uh, the sound of thousands of people who identify as dogs gathering in the city center in uh, Berlin. (laughs) Let me, from the department of what the hell is going on in this world. Let me re-say that again. That is thousands of humans who identify as dogs gathering at the Berlin Potsdamer Platz Railroad now, Station in Germany. In in college sports, what team do they play on?
2: <laughs>
1: Online critics jeered at the trans-species folk. They, can they catch a Frisbee? Uh, some offering to put the herd's canine instincts to the test. Here's a couple of those. Just abandon them in Siberian tundra and let them survive with their canine instincts. Another one said, I don't see any <laughs> one of them smelling each other's butts. Are they really dogs? <laughs> Uh, that, would, that would be a telltale sign, wouldn't it? But if they identify as dogs, why do they put on masks? Experts have called uh, for a differentiation between Therians, that's what people who identify as dogs are called, really um, and furries, who are individuals who enjoy cosplay in animal uh, suits. They're yep. two completely Can different things. That? We're not furries, we're Therians. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Uh, for example, some Therians um, might believe that they are a cat soul, or in this case, a dog soul, reincarnated mm. into a human body, according to D- Dr. Elizabeth Fine, associate professor of psychology at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Some furries are Therians, and some Therians are furries, but there is a differential between the two.
2: I see. So the subsets do occasionally... Uh,
1: <laughs> Crossover? Yeah. Yeah uh animal-like behavior has been fetishized she says as uh bdsm kink known as puppy play where participants usually men are equipped with muzzles collars or leashes and behave like a dog some only fans models have become mutts and rake in big bucks finding that canine behavior is especially lucrative on the only fan site all right then once again this goes under the headline of what in the hell is going on in this world.
2: I could never do that. I, I I, really like indoor plumbing.
1: That's what one of the other people on on a post said. What happens if they all have to defecate at okay, once? Exactly. <laughs> uh,
2: what happens when a whole bunch of dogs have to? 208-336-3700. Uh,
1: just, just, yeah. uh, just got a text message in. Good for you guys making fun of people who aren't bothering you. Didn't say they weren't bothering us. I just said, what in the hell in the world is going on when you have people identifying as dogs? I laugh at funny stuff on TV all the time that doesn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Time for another Check on Sports, brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA, opening up in 15 minutes. It's not like we called for a ban on the whole thing, is it? Yeah, yeah. hey, you do you, I'll do me. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, By the way, uh, get into Pork Belly. If you want the best chicken fried steak, you're going to find anywhere. And I've tried a lot of chicken fried steak. Chris, you too. Uh, this is some of the best you're going to find. Don't believe me? Check it out for yourself today at Pork Belly and Cuna. That would be good, a chicken fried shake. I hadn't even thought about that.
2: Los Angeles Angels star Shohei Otani had surgery Tuesday on the torn ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. His surgeon, Dr. Neil Elitraj, says Otani should be ready to play again as a designated hitter by opening day 2024 in April, but probably won't be cleared to pitch until the 2025 season. Mm. Elitraj is the Mm. same surgeon who performed reconstructive Tommy John surgery on Otani's arm in 2018. Otani hasn't played since August 23rd, but he still leads the American League in home runs with 44 and will be a free agent following the season. San Diego State announced Tuesday tickets are not really selling well for this Friday night's football game. In San Diego against Boise State, Snapdragon Stadium's capacity is 32,500, and as of last night, there are more than 10,000 seats unsold. Part of the problem may be that tickets for the game start at $83 apiece, wow. with online fees adding at least 22% to the price. That's the face value of tickets for only two of the Aztecs' seven home games this season against UCLA and Boise State. Tickets for the Nevada, Utah State, and Fresno State games in San Diego start at $40, and against Idaho State and Ohio, they were $30. Now, tickets for Friday's game on the online resale market are currently selling at a loss, On Monday, a pair of tickets with a face value of $200 apiece went for $60 each, and the cheapest face value seats, the $83 ones previously mentioned, are being offered for as low as $48 online. San Diego State football does not draw as well as Boise State for home games. In three games so far this season, they have averaged crowds of 19,159. Now, for the Broncos' first two home games, the average has been 36,028.
1: Hmm. Makes you wonder why uh, Pac-12 was wanting them uh, when they can't even get 20,000 in their stadium. Yeah. Brand-new
2: yeah.
0: stadium, state-of-the-art well, stadium.
2: Even at capacity, they can only get 32,500. Yeah. That's sports.
0: The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at seven. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk. KBOI. Burr! 44 degrees in downtown Boise as you get
1: up and get going this morning. Might need a jacket. You might not uh, want to be dressing like uh Senator ha. <laughs> Might want to put on some, some long pants.
2: Without a jacket and without a tie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, with, I was just more concerned about the pants. I, a, I'm wearing shorts this morning, and I got out of my car and goes, wow, it's cold out did here. You know, he's like 6'8", 300. He's like an yeah, NFL he's, tackle. He's, he reminds me of Shrek. A looks a, looks yeah. a lot like... He looks a little different than Shrek now because he's uh, grown a mustache. So he has a, a bushy, like caterpillar, so right like mustache right now.
2: Shrek with a mustache.
1: now. Well, yeah, a little, a little bit. He's also lost a little weight since he um, had a stroke. Had a well, no, he's he's lost the weight since he got elected. He had a stroke mm. uh, earlier, right. before he was um, elected. Uh, elected, but uh, since he's got elected, it seems like he's he's lost. I don't know how much, but uh, I mean, it's it's noticeable. But yeah, I, I knew he was a, a large large man. Mm-hmm. um coming up this morning programming note about 8 30 and we're going to talk about this all morning long if you'd like to weigh in um jim jones is going to be with us we're going to be talking about open primaries initiative um last week in a press conference uh former first couple butch and Lori otter express, expressed strong support uh, support for the open primaries initiative they were joined by 114 other longtime republicans who are not happy with uh, what has happened to the party since the primary was closed in 2011 take a listen once again this is former idaho governor butch otter
4: choices that this initiative will give it's time to bring some civility uh, back into the political discourse of idaho and i'm confident that one of the ways to do that is to pass this initiative now, there's nothing more sacred in our system of government than the right to vote. And the right to vote unharassed by anybody. And I know in my 25 elections uh, and all the 36 years that I served in public office, uh, most of that was pretty cordial. In fact, it it wasn't really until the early 2000... I would say 2007 or 2008 that I saw this nastiness uh, come in. And, you know, the way a person's campaign uh, and the way they campaign is uh, the way they're going to govern. And if they're going to govern by being on the opposite side of whatever issue there is, uh, then they're not going to govern well. And so what I see today is a lot of people that are running for office, Unfortunately, most of them on our side, on the Republican side, that haven't got the skill to convince people to be on their side. So the only thing they can do is tear them down personally. The only thing they can do is argue with them. And so I'm proud to be part of this. I, uh, I Like I said, a, a lot of the folks that Jim has on that list, uh, you'll see before their name, former. Well, they were former people that served when politics was cordial, when the campaigns were not divisive like they are now. And so I want to bring that all back. to Idaho, Idaho deserves better. And Idaho also deserves all the choices that this initiative will give. Them.
1: So will an open primary and ranked choice voting make politics more civil? and uh, it may take more than that have i mean i haven't paid close attention to politics my entire life you know coming up in january i've been here for five years i pre- paid pretty close attention to politics since then since then right because it's part of my job but it seems to me that i mean politics in general in the state of you know always mm-hmm. been divisive started
2: getting really nasty about 1994 got even more nasty about 2010 and has just progressively gotten worse since then
1: i mean it seems to me that you know the fights against you know with jim mcclure and steve sims they were pretty nasty weren't they
2: back in the day
1: yeah uh, they, they were i don't know they were okay
2: uh the it, it, it was interesting uh in 1980 when steve sims won for the first time, uh, to go to uh, the Senate. He beat Frank Church, who had been Idaho Senator at that point since 1956. And they were polar opposites. I, but they still got along.
1: Yeah, I. It, it's interesting because um, this was a surprise to me when uh, Governor Butch Otter came out in support of open primaries and ranked choice voting last week. Um, so you, you've got, you know, quite a divide because not – all Republicans, you, you mentioned 114 other longtime Republicans, um, who are also for open primaries. And then you have this, this was all begun, uh, earlier this year, um, when you have a, a bunch of, you know, right members of the policy, um, or of the, uh, party saying they don't want independents. They don't want Democrats voting in, in their primary. If you're a Democrat, are you against open primaries? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen too many Democrats who are, you know, saying no. You should it, be like only a, voting for your own party, not like trying I to said, screw up the other party.
2: Like I said, what makes sense to me is to have the Republican and Democratic uh, votes on the same day, the primaries on the same day, and you choose one or the other, and that's the one you vote in, and that's it. You know, you don't cross over. If you do cross over, then you're a Republican for a day or you're a Democrat for a day, whichever you want. You know, if you want to try to mess up the other side or something. Right. I mean, you can do that if you want. You can switch parties at will. You can vote for whomever you you choose. But it just seems weird to invite everybody to one party's uh, primary.
1: And we've actually, you know, heard people on our show who have called before, in the past when we've been talking about this, who were not Republicans but voted in the Republican primary because they were trying to get somebody a well, weaker um, person who actually, they felt was weaker to be the winner because then they would have them, a better chance uh, of beating yeah, them in the
2: general election. Some of them told me that it, it wasn't you know just trying to get a weak Republican. It was trying to get somebody... Uh, who they uh, you know thought would be the best candidate and the only chance that a democrat would have they went ahead and uh conceded the general election to the republicans but they wanted to at least have a say in which republican you know would end up right in the seat
1: well and that's quite frankly where a lot of people are are coming from it's like we don't get a say because the state is run you know majority of the state is republican so Mm -hmm. if we want to say we have absolutely no say because we know we're going to get our butt beat in the
2: general election there were a lot more people in the past that used to cross party lines and vote for some democrats and some republicans and uh, there are considerably fewer of those now
1: yeah so anyway uh, former attorney general he's also uh, Supreme Court Justice Vietnam combat veteran Uh, Jim Jones is going to be with us. He is one of those people that are for open primaries. He's going to talk about it. He's going to explain it. He's going to help us understand, hopefully, ranked choice voting, because that's a convoluted mess, in my opinion, (laughs) trying to figure that out. He'll be with us coming up at about 830 this morning, so we'll talk about that. More importantly, uh, if you have questions, you want to listen in, because we're going to give you a chance to uh, talk with him. Now, he was due to be in our studio Live, But uh, his wife tested positive for COVID yesterday, so he will be on the phone. Still going to be so with us.
2: He elected to save our lives.
1: Yeah, so he will still be with us. it just be on the phone coming up at about 830 this morning, so listen in. Time for another check on sports, brought to you by Pork Belly and CUNA. They are open, as they are every morning, Monday through Sunday at the same time, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., Pork Belly and CUNA.
2: The San Diego Padres came within three outs of a combined no-hitter Tuesday night against the Colorado Rockies. Blake Snell started for the Padres and gave up no hits through seven innings while striking out ten. Snell leads the National League with a 2.33 earned run average. Robert Suarez then pitched a perfect eighth inning, but all-star closer Josh Hader came in to pitch the ninth and gave up singles to Rockies second baseman Brendan Rodgers and left fielder Nolan Jones before a double play finished the inning. In the bottom of the ninth, with the score tied at zero, Padres center fielder Trent Grisham walked, then shortstop Xander Bogarts Hit a walk off home run for a 2 0 San Diego win. Boise State University announced Tuesday that season tickets are now on sale for 2023 2024 women's basketball. They're $50 each unless they're courtside seats, which are $199 for season tickets, or you can get a family four pack not courtside for $150. New this year, season tickets include. The first five rows of parquet, sections 15 through 20, across from the team bench and behind courtside seating. They're available at the Boise State Athletic Ticket Office or at broncosports.com. That's sports.
0: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our news talk on KBOI.
1: 734, he's Swiss Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. Remember, you can always get through online at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-5264. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, you can just hit pound 670. Kenny and Meridian listening on 93.1 FM this morning. Thanks for being uh, very patient. Um, you're you're one of the few people who are listening on the phone because you've uh, been on hold for a little while. Um, uh, you had some thoughts on the open primary?
3: I do. Um, if they do that open primary, it'd be a foobar mess, just <laughs> like it is up in Alaska. You pick your person, and then if they went by population, and, then you don't have a choice of who you're voting for in the primary, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Um, because what they did up there, they you went by populist vote, and then the person you didn't want in there won it. I don't think that's a fair option for us at all. Is that, Am I on the right page, or am I understanding no, that I right? Mean,
2: you're right after the primary. I mean, the person who came in fourth still has a chance of, of winning yeah. the general election.
1: Depending on where people, where the, the voters rank them. So I think you're right.
3: Yeah, I, I, yeah, that just does not make sense to me. And when they screwed up not having our primaries and everything in March, this messes everything up, so... That
5: is my concern, and that was my question. It's just that way. All right, Um, thank you, Ken. Doing it
1: right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Tom in uh, Boise uh, writes in a text message, says, just to make sure I understand ranked choice voting, does that mean that everyone, both Democrats and Republicans, then the top two candidates will be on the general ballot? Good question, Tom.
2: In Alaska, everybody primaries together. You go in and just vote for whoever you want, and the top four candidates end up being in the general in, in the general election.
1: This will be a good question for an expert, which, by the way, we are not. There's a lot that I don't understand about the open primary, ranked choice voting. Um, and, and once again, we're going to have uh, one of those experts is uh, going to be on, at least is a former state okay. attorney general. Uh, former Supreme Court Justice. Um, and at
2: least he is someone who will have a definite opinion.
1: Jim Jones is going to be with us this morning. He, he probably he is, a learned one. He is for open primaries. Um, there were quite a few people, including former Governor Butch Otter, who came out in favor of open primaries. He's going to be with us coming up. He's going to he's going to answer some of our questions. He's going to answer some of your questions. He's agreed to be on with us. Uh, we will, if you have questions, uh, take some of those and let him answer those for you. So listening at about 8.35, coming up here at about an hour from right now, uh, former Attorney General Jim Jones will be with us live here on News Talk KBOI.
0: Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
1: 743-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Eric in Boise, listening on 670 AM. Good morning, you're on News Talk KBOI.
3: Hey, guys, how are you? Doing good. Hey, um, I I just, uh, I think that making the ability to vote more complicated... Or, or limiting is not a good idea for the people. For example, I'm an independent voter, and I switched once so that I could vote for a Republican. And it was a bit of a pin in the butt, uh, not that much, but you know, it's a it's a motivating or demotivating factor. And I think a lot of people think, oh, we have to protect all these willy-nilly people switching over to you know artificially shift the vote. And I say, one, I don't think that's going to happen It's uh, people vote for who they want to vote for. And too, even if it does, that's their right. I, I don't understand this mentality of we only want certain people to vote for our guys.
1: So once again, I just want to get this straight. As an independent, you don't want to see open primaries.
3: No, I would say I would advocate for it because the current way is cumbersome, right? And the, the current way, it seems like, is to protect... You know uh, the Democrats from coming over and you know artificially changing the vote. Which one? I, like I said, I don't think will happen. But two, if it does, then that's their right. Right. Okay. The point of an election is to, to convince people to vote for them. I I just don't get the idea of trying to limit it. I think it's a bit paranoia. I think that people are are that you know motive to go vote for somebody they don't really want to want just because it's going to screw up the other guy But if it does
1: then, then we, we live with that and we deal with that you know and you change their candidates so that you get people that do what the people want all right thank you for the call eric appreciate it 208-336-3700 pounds 670 on your verizon wireless once again coming up in 45 minutes uh we're we're going to talk more about this former state attorney general Former Supreme Court Justice Jim Jones is going to be on with us live coming up this morning. Uh, and he will be here and also take some of your questions. If you have uh, questions, he's better at answering it than either Chris or myself. So be ready to call in and listen in coming up in about 45 minutes. Time for a final check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Don't forget, not only great food, you can get the hip drips, energy drinks, coffee uh, all through the drive-thru and not ever have to get out of your car. Get in today. Pork Belly and Cuna drive through is open up at 7 a.m. just like the restaurant.
2: Los Angeles Angels star Shohei Ohtani had surgery Tuesday on the torn ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. His surgeon, Dr. Neil Elitraj, says Ohtani should be ready to play again as a designated hitter by opening day 2024 in April, but probably won't be cleared to pitch until the 2025 season. Elitraj is the same surgeon who performed reconstructive Tommy John surgery on Ohtani's arm in 2018. Ohtani hasn't played since August 23rd, but he still leads the American League in home runs with 44, and will be a free agent
1: following the season. Sandy, oh, sorry, can I change can I change my prediction real quick? Okay, I had said that Shohei Ohtani. Uh, before he was injured, was going to sign for $700 million. Mm-hmm. Can I back that off to $450 million? <laughs> Yes, you may. Because, I mean, there's a chance he might. I mean, the doctor says, oh, yeah, he should recover. Right. But you're not going to know for sure. So I th- I, I'm going to back it off it to $450 million is what he signs it, for in it, the
2: offseason. It'll be a gamble. Uh, San Jose State announced Tuesday tickets are not selling all that well for this Friday night's football game in San Diego against Boise State. Snapdragon Stadium's capacity is thirty two thousand five hundred. And as of last night, there are more than 10,000 seats unsold. Part of the problem may be that tickets for the game start at $83 apiece, with online fees adding at least 22% to Yikes. the price. That's the face value of tickets for only two of the Aztecs' seven home games this season against UCLA and Boise State. Tickets for the Nevada, Utah State, and Fresno State games start at $40 and against Idaho State and Ohio, $30 each. Tickets for Friday's game on the online resale market are currently selling at a loss. On Monday, a pair of tickets with a face value of $200 apiece went for $60 each, and the cheapest face value seats, the $83 ones, are being offered for as low as $48 online. San Diego State football does not draw as well as Boise State for home games. In three games so far this season, They have averaged crowds of 19,159. For the Broncos' first two home games, the average
0: has been 36,028. That's sports. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700,
1: pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It's going to be a pretty busy week. You're in the uh, talk show business next week. House announced yesterday that they will begin the Biden impeachment inquiry hearings Thursday, September 28th. On Wednesday, September 27th, the GOP debate, the second debate, <laughs> will be happening. By the way, uh, if without,
2: you're. Uh, without Donald Trump, again. Donald, right?
1: Donald Trump says he will not be participating. Yeah. Um, threshold for the second debate, by the way, higher than it was for the first. Candidates must poll at 3%, at least 3% in two national polls, or 3% in one national poll and 3% in one early state what's, poll from two that separate do? early voting states. Knock out all but
2: two or three of them?
1: No. Two of them have been knocked out. Mm. So far, anyway. They still have time. Uh, for the first debate, by the way, polling requirement was 1%. In those same categories, candidates will also need to have a minimum of 50,000 unique donors to their presidential campaign committee, with at least 200 unique donors in more than 20 states and or territories. That's an increase of 10,000 unique donors over the first qualification for the first debate. RNC has not officially yet released its list of participants, but so far, looking likely that uh, former President Donald Trump, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, former ambassador of the U.N. and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and former Vice President Mike Pence, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott are likely to have qualified so far. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson and North Dakota Governor Dud Burgum appear not to have qualified. However, they do still have time to qualify uh, before they officially announce who will be on the stage? As we mentioned, Donald Trump, even though he's qualified, has already said he is not going to be there. He's skipping the debate, and will make an address at the same night in Detroit. He will be addressing a union crowd, expected to speak to the same city where auto United Auto Workers are striking hmm. right now. Uh, Trump, by the way, um, even though he met all those other things, um, he has not signed the loyalty pledge, which is another. Oh, that's right thing that the republicans said to be in the debate you must sign the loyalty pledge to support whoever wins the nomination. You will
2: support the party nominee no matter who it is.
1: Now those are two things that are going on next week. The third big thing that is going to be going on uh, government will shut down on September 30th if no deal is reached and as of right now a little over a week ahead 10 days away there's not a deal anywhere Uh, close
2: and they like to solve it with seconds to spare.
1: Which is what well, basically what they did in June, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk a little bit about about this. Uh, I'm hoping to get... Matter of fact, let's do that. Let's let's talk a, a little bit about this um, as, as we get to news after news at the top of the hour. Um, after that, um, a lot of our show is going to be dedicated to open primaries and ranked choice voting, right. as I mentioned. Um, Jim Jones is going to be with us. Um, that'll get underway at about 8.30, so a lot of the rest of the show after that is going to have to do with that. So uh, I w- would like to talk a little bit about this because it's absolutely um just uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm amazed, aghast, agogged, and thunderstruck with wonderment what the US, U.S. national debt where we hit this week. You do on, seem surprised. On, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the surprise of it is just how fast it has risen in the last three months. I mean, everybody knows it's been going up uh, quite a bit just over the past, you know, half decade or so. But in the last three months, you might be shocked to find out just how much more national debt has been added since the last showdown. Over the budget, Uh, we'll get to that after top of the hour.
0: Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
3: House Speaker Kevin McCarthy facing increasing pressure to unite his party and avert a government shutdown. I don't think it's right
6: that government shuts down and that's why I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that doesn't happen.
3: But the rebellion within his own ranks leaves McCarthy in a perilous situation. Some even calling him a weak speaker threatening to oust him. It's the biggest test for the speaker since the debt ceiling showdown with members of his own caucus demanding deeper spending cuts and stricter border policies.
0: This is just the second time in the nation's history that the government credit rating has been cut. The first time was back in 2011 when S&P Global made this move after a prolonged showdown over the debt ceiling. Fitch put the U.S. credit rating on negative watch during this latest debt ceiling fight and said at the time it would reevaluate this summer. The ratings agency also based its decision on a prediction there will be a recession. A Biden administration official said that outlook was, quote, deeply inconsistent with the consensus view in the markets now. And while a recession remains a risk, this says it's fallen meaningfully compared to last year karen travers abc news washington
1: u.s national debt top 33 trillion dollars for the first time in history on monday crossing uh, that milestone at a time when government spending is already under scrutiny and next week it comes to a head if they can't come to an agreement republicans want to see cutbacks in spending the 30th is the day when government would shut down if there is no agreement, and they're a long ways away, 10 days away from that as of right now. Now, a lot can be done over the next 10 days, but right now if you look at it and you say, mm, this is not looking good. National debt, which measures what the U.S. owes its creditors, hit $33.04 trillion Monday afternoon, according to data published by the Treasury Department. By comparison, take a guess what it was four decades ago. Forty years ago? Forty years ago.
2: Let's see. Forty years ago, it was
1: 1983, uh, $5 billion. $907 <laughs> $907 billion. Wasn't 907 even, billion. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't even a trillion dollars right. yet. Um, historic debt level comes as Congress races to avert the government shutdown. House Republicans unveiled a short-term plan late Sunday that would temporarily fund the government through October 31st, short-term measure known as a continuing resolution would impose an 8% spending cut on all federal agencies excluding funding for defense, veterans affairs, and disaster relief. However, the measure is already in trouble as it's run into GOP opposition raising the stakes at another shutdown or a possible close-to-the-wire agreement Mm -hmm. would be coming on Capitol Hill on the 30th. Michael Peterson, CEO of Peter G. Uh, Peterson Foundation, said that after the debt ceiling showdown in June, the U.S. crossed the $32 trillion debt milestone. Now, just three months later, as we stare down another potential government shutdown, we have raced past the $33 trillion in red ink. So if, it's another trillion dollars in just the last three months.
2: So we're doing about, say, $333 billion a month then.
1: That's that's a lot. That's practically impressive. Here's the thing that's most worrisome when you when you think about it. And, and I know for for us, when you sit there and listen to this this morning, you go, "Yeah, how does it doesn't really affect me." <sighs> it, eventually, it, yeah, it's any word to. that ends
2: in "illion." I, I add <laughs> it anyway. So
1: and the the fact that we have added a one trillion dollars to the deficit in three months, when in forty years it took. From nine hundred and seven billion to get to thirty three trillion mm-hmm. and in one month we've gone up one trillion. The worrisome part of that is that here in the United States, our spike in interest rates over the past year and a half have made the cost of servicing that national debt more and more expensive. Payments are expected to triple from nearly four hundred and seventy five billion dollars in fiscal year twenty twenty year to one point four trillion dollars in twenty thirty two So in twenty thirty two, based on where we're at now, if there's not spending cuts, it's gonna take the United States one point four trillion dollars just to pay the interest, not to pay it down, (laughs) just to pay the interest on on what the money we owe the thirty three trillion. Wow. By twenty fifty three, projections are that the interest payments are projected to serve to five or to surge to five point four trillion dollars. And if you want to put that in perspective, that will be more than the U.S. spends on Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and all other mandatory and discretionary spending programs in the U.S. combined. That's more than they spend on all those programs combined, and all that is is to service the debt and pay off the interest. It doesn't pay down what you owe. It only keeps you at... Zero, um, and paying off the interest every year.
2: You know, per person, that only comes to a debt of a hundred thousand each.
1: Eventually, I mean, don't you? I mean, see I this? don't have
2: that lying around, but you might.
1: But I mean, you. But you and I might not be alive. But there's a good chance that we are yeah. going to be alive because the only the only way that you can service this debt is either there's two ways. You either have to cut spending or you have to raise taxes because, Mm -hmm. as you just said, it comes out to, what, about $100,000 per person. Or
2: you have to cut spending and raise taxes.
1: You can do both, yeah. But those are the only two. I mean, the government doesn't make anything. They don't produce anything. They don't sell anything. All they do is oh, they gather produce, your tax dollars and then redistribute it to pay off whatever bills that they, they owe.
2: There is something they produce. It's just not worth anything.
1: <laughs> it's also something we can't say on the radio. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it's, it's just disconcerting when I saw that. It's like a trillion dollars in three months? Really? Um, so you can see where the fight is right here, why they want to see a cut in uh, spending and why we're probably at the very least going to go down um, to the 30th, and maybe, I mean, there are some Republicans that are calling for a shutdown. They said it would be painful, but uh, maybe a two-, three-week shutdown of the federal government yeah. would be painful enough to get people to finally say, all right, we need to cut spending. And that's where we're at right now. So we'll be talking a lot about that over the next 10 days. KBI News Time is, uh, 8.13. We're gonna take a break here to get, uh, update on sports. When we come back, we've got a chance at a $50 gift certificate once again to, uh, Quinn's Restaurant and Lounge with there Casper and Chris Damney or Impossible Question. That's right after Bronco Sports today. All right, Casper and Chris, Damney near impossible question is brought to you as usual by Berkshire Rathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128 for any and all real estate needs. Kathy is going to get first crack at her question today, trying to get herself a $50 gift certificate to Quinn's Restaurant and Lounge. Kathy, which country has a city that has the most snowfall on average per year in the world? We just need the name of the country, don't need the name of the city. Which country is it? I
3: think it would be Japan.
1: Is that your final answer? Yes. (laughs) Would you like to call a lifeline? No. Okay. (laughs) Japan, yes, the uh, city, Aomori, uh, Japan, snowiest city in the world. You've
2: never offered anybody that opportunity before.
1: (laughs) Gets an average, get this, 312 inches of snow Per oh year, the wow. equivalent of 26 feet. And, and by the way, if you're thinking of that city, it's like, oh, there probably not very many people live there. Uh, no, between 100 and 200,000 people live in this city oh, and have to put up gosh. with that every year.
2: There aren't any places wow. in Japan where not very many people live.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 312 inches uh, average per wow. year. Hey, congratulations, uh, Kathy. You've Thank got you. a $50 gift certificate to Quinn's Restaurant and Lounge. Hold on the line. We'll get some information from you. Don't forget, another chance tomorrow, another chance on Friday, trying to get those Quinn's Restaurant and Lounge gift certificates. Also, don't forget, listen in tomorrow all morning long. We're going to be giving away Guns and Roses tickets. All right, so if you want to go see Guns N' Roses when they come to town, we have your chance to win. It will be a text-and-win contest. It gets underway at 6 in the morning. So if you're uh, usually an early riser and listen to uh, News Talk KBOI, good on you. You're going to get uh, those chances early, and it will continue all morning long. We'll give you all the details coming up once again, coming up tomorrow morning here on News Talk KBOI. Don't go away. We're going to take a break here. We've got news coming up next, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about open primaries, ranked-choice voting, and we're going to get uh, info from somebody who knows a heck of a lot more about it than uh myself or Chris. Uh Jim Jones, former attorney general, is uh, going to be with us. We'll take some of your phone calls. Uh also if you have questions, uh that'll be coming up
0: here next afternoon. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
1: That is uh former Idaho governor Butch Otter in a press conference last week expressing strong support for open primaries initiative. Uh he was also joined by 114 other longtime Republicans who are not happy with, with what has happened to the party since primary was closed in uh 2011. I'd like to welcome in with us uh this morning former Idaho attorney general and also uh, Chief Justice in the Idaho Supreme Court. Jim Jones, thanks for taking a couple of minutes to talk with us and our listeners this morning about open primaries and ranked choice voting. Sure enough. <laughs> um, let's, let's start off uh, with something Gov- Governor Butch Otter said. You've, you've been involved in, in politics for quite a while. It, do, you, do you believe right now uh, politics are more nasty, more divisive than we have ever been?
7: Oh yeah. Uh, when I was attorney general, Republicans and Democrats, and and back in those days, there were about an equal number in the legislature. But they could work together. They could talk together. Um, you know, John Evans and I were on the same side of a water dispute. We didn't let on publicly, but. We had about half of the Republicans in both houses that were on our side and half of the Democrats who were on the other side. You know, it was evenly split. And it was over an issue, water rights, that was the preeminent issue of the day. And if you're going to work on things like that that make a difference, you've got to have cooperation and back and forth and and be able to you know get along with the other side and and we don't have that anymore and i think it's really unfortunate because the state suffers you know the legislature can't deal with issues like dilapidated schools because they're off on some other rabbit chase
2: obviously we we want everybody to vote in the general election But why should somebody who is not a member of a political party or not willing to tell everyone that they're a member of a political party be able to have a say in in who the party's uh, nominee is?
3: Well,
7: I'm a member of a group called Veterans for Idaho Voters. We figure that if 80% or more of the eventual general election voters our, our candidates uh are picked in the primary that veterans and everybody else ought to have a chance in picking them in the primary i mean you know if if you are not registered as a republican uh then you don't have a say so you know you have a problem with you know almost 50% of the independents um you know, want to go one way or the other. uh, But if they want to have a say, they've got to register in the Republican primary. If you're a judge like I was, uh, it's really unethical to register in a party primary. You're supposed to be nonpolitical. You're supposed to be impartial and you can't do it. And so judges are, pretty much automatically excluded from participating in the Republican primary where all the action is.
1: Once again, we're talking to uh, former Attorney General Jim Jones this morning about open primaries. Uh, we'll get into uh, ranked choice voting and see if you can explain that. to Our listeners or more importantly, explain it to me so I understand it. Uh, we'll get to that coming <laughs> up here. Um, has your thoughts on Closed primaries changed. I mean, it's been since 2011. Um, did you w- Were you against closing the primaries back in 2011? Is this something new to you? Or have you always uh, been for open primaries?
7: Oh, I've always supported open primaries. When I first cast my vote, back in the 60s, you could walk into the polling place. They'd ask you which ballot you wanted, the Republican, the Democrat, or whichever, Uh This state has had essentially an open primary since 1931. It worked just fine. There was absolutely no reason to close it. And as Governor Otter said in his remarks last week, um, he was against closing it when the party decided that they were going to try that back in 2008. And he said it was a mistake then, and it's a mistake now.
2: Are you in favor, then, of going back to that, where you would simply go to your polling place and tell them, I want to vote in the Democrat uh, primary or the Republican primary, and and then go from there?
7: Well, I wouldn't mind that system being reinstated, but we only have two choices at this time. Either we stick with the situation we got now that has... uh, resulted in essentially a dysfunctional legislature you have the party attacking the governor they did it in uh governor otter's uh, tenure and now in governor little's tenure Uh, either you have that kind of a dysfunctional system or you have the system that will come with the open primaries initiative And I think that the initiative that is in the works and which will be on the ballot next year is by far the better system. Either you have the dysfunction or you have a much better system. And so that's why I think most of the Republicans that I contacted to put on this list say, you know, we can't live with what we got.
2: Is, is the idea just to get a more moderate candidate?
7: It's essentially a way of getting candidates who are willing to deal with the real problems. We've got schools across the state that are dilapidated. The Constitution says, legislature, it's your responsibility to fund the construction and maintenance of school facilities, but they flat won't do it. They're off on wild goose chases that don't solve the problems. I'd like to see the legislature deal with real property tax relief, um, and the way that they can do that is to fulfill their constitutional responsibility to take care of school construction. But they won't deal with a problem like that. They won't deal with the issue of the existential fight over water rights over uh, in the Magic Valley and, and uh, eastern Idaho because they get tied up in all these little fights over school libraries and, and uh, this, that, and the other that mean nothing to the future of this state. And I think if we can get pragmatic. Traditional Republicans who will go into the legislature and try to deal with those issues, we're going to be a hell of a lot better off.:
1: And do you think specifically that open primaries would would fix those problems that you just described?
7: I think it would break the stranglehold that Dorothy Moon and the Idaho Freedom Foundation have over the legislature. It would allow decent, hardworking, traditional Republicans to have a shot at uh, gaining office. And I think it would make a tremendous difference in how the legislature behaves.
1: Once again, we are talking with uh, former Idaho Attorney General Jim Jones today about open primaries. We're going to take a break uh, here. If you have questions for jim jones this morning our phone lines are open 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless um you can call us toll free if you like 1-800-529-5264 we will be taking your questions uh rather jim will be taking your questions uh because he's more knowledgeable on this subject than either one of us uh we'll take a break we'll get uh back we have some more questions and then uh, eventually we're going to get to this rank choice voting. And uh, see if Jim can explain that in layman's terms to us this morning. That's all on the way. Don't go away.
0: Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
4: We got to work as hard as they do and be nice about it.
8: Former Idaho Governor Butch Otter is one of 116 community-known Republicans statewide that align as traditional Republicans in support of this initiative. To him, this is about bringing civility back to the Idaho GOP and state politics.
1: Another in favor of open primaries we're talking to this morning, former Attorney General uh Jim Jones talking with us once again about open primaries. We've got people waiting uh, on the line. Uh, Let's go ahead and get to some of those questions this morning. Lori in Nampa, you're on with uh, Jim Jones. What's your question?
3: Hey, Jim Jones. I had a question. How do you expect to have property tax relief and the schools being repaired at the same time when property taxes are what funds the schools?
7: Well, property taxes should not be what funds the schools. The Constitution says the legislature shall fund the schools. The Idaho Supreme Court said that is also a responsibility to build and maintain the schools. If the state legislature would follow its responsibility, they would take the burden off of the property taxpayers. There is absolutely no reason why local property taxpayers should be shouldering that tremendous burden. It should be the state legislature through state funding. That's what the uh, Idaho Supreme Court said in 2005. They said any system that relies on building and maintaining schools through a property tax is unconstitutional.
1: Thank you for the question. Uh, Kevin in uh, Caldwell, you have a question for Jim Jones?
5: Yeah, good morning. I'm changing my question because uh, he already answered what I called in with, and that was in regards to when the primary was first closed. Uh, Mr. Jones, thank you for all your years of service. And I, as a guy who grew up in this area, lived here 60 years now, I've watched the Idaho legislature and everything for years, and I'm on the other side of the fence. I am happy to see an independent legislature. That's why we have three branches of government. If we send a legislator there and we're unhappy with our libraries, they're doing our bidding by going after those sorts of things. So when you you and, and, and Governor Butch Otter and your people say, oh, we're tired of this extremism and all these divisive things, let me tell you, as a moderate Republican, which I think I am, one of the most divisive things that was done in the last several years was the uh, end of abortions in Idaho. And that was a bill by my Senator Patty Ann lodge and signed by, by governor uh, Brad little, hardly extremists, hardly new people. So that's not a very moderate thing to do. That was probably the most divisive thing in the state of Idaho. So I've got to say, what are your guys' examples of the extremism that you're complaining about?
1: Thank you for the
6: call. Kevin,
7: yeah, I would say that uh, claiming that Idaho teachers are teaching critical race theory, which they are not, uh, Janice and tried to track that down and couldn't come up with any examples, uh, trying to uh, give people the right to file lawsuits against libraries uh, that aren't pandering uh, pornography to the kids. Uh, libraries do a darn good job in the state. So these people are chasing these uh, rabbits down their various holes. Those are not the problems that we have here in Idaho that need to be addressed by the legislature. We need to address the issues that I've talked about, Mm -hmm. uh, school funding, uh, construction of schools, uh, water rights, uh, property tax relief, and and they're wasting their time on
6: all the Got it. other
1: jim we're going to need to take a quick break here uh we're up on a hard break uh
0: stick around with us we'll talk more about it plus we'll get ranked choice for- drive home live and local with nate shellman this afternoon at three now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi
1: 905, uh, he is a uh, Vietnam combat veteran, served eight years as an Idaho Attorney General, 12 years Justice in the Idaho Supreme Court. Jim Jones is with us once again this morning. And uh, thank you very much, Jim, for taking some uh, time to uh, talk with us and our listeners. By the way, uh, if you would like to ask... Jim Jones, question, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can call us toll-free from wherever you might be listening this morning, 1-800-529-5264. If you have questions uh, about open primaries, and that's what we're talking about, press conference last week, you heard former Idaho Governor Butch Otter, his wife Lori, uh, expressing strong support for Open Primary Initiative, which, by the way, they uh, I think it's 63,000 um, people that they have to get on that signing for that initiative by next april is that right
7: right yeah it's about uh, about that but you always have to get a few extra several thousand extra in case some of those are disqualified uh, moved or not
1: actually registered or whatever if you have a question about the open primaries or ranked choice voting, which we're going to get into in just a minute here, uh, feel free to give us a call. You can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, Jim, I want to uh, ask this question because a lot of people ha- have said this in the past, even here on our show. What do you say to critics who claim uh, that Democratic voters who would vote in GOP primaries would do so just to mess with the primary?
7: I've heard that uh, for years and years and years, uh, even before uh, the primary was closed in 2011, the Republican primary. And I suppose it does happen. But, you know, if you look at the registration figures, uh, the Democrats only have 12.7 percent of the registered voters, as of this month, I mean, you can practically fit the uh, Democrats into a large phone booth if you could find a phone booth nowadays <laughs> and uh, i don't I don't see when you have uh, a party with fifty eight point two percent of the registered voters like the Republicans, how anybody is going to mess with anything. And we didn't have a lot of messing with uh, the vote uh, uh, before the Republican primary was uh, closed, and I don't think we're going to have a lot now.
2: If this were a purple state, sometimes Republican, sometimes Democrat, as it once was, would there be any closed primaries, or would that even be an issue?
7: I don't think so. I think what happens is the uh, prevailing party, if it has a really large advantage in registration, has a tendency to want to squeeze the other party out, and they can do it because they have the muscle to do it. And I think that the um, rank-choice type system... The open primary system uh, is strongly opposed in areas where one party has a decided advantage, like in Idaho. Because if you go to the District of Columbia, where the Democrats have a decided advantage, they're trying to uh, fight tooth and nail against the um, ranked choice open primaries uh, system because they know uh, they may lose some of their uh, extremist control. You know, Idaho is not the only place where traditional Republicans are vying for control with the extremist group that has taken over since the um, closed primary came about. Here's, here's a really good example of what happens when you have a group of extremists who control a party. In um, the district that is covered by Moscow, this fellow named Dan Foreman, who's about as extreme as you can get, got 8.8% of the vote. The total registered vote in his district got 8.8% of the vote, and he won the primary and uh, went on to the general election where there's really no contest. Uh, You had several people in uh, districts over in Canyon County that got like 12% of the total vote in the primary election and went on to win the general election. And if the extremists on either edge of the party can get their voters out, they can overwhelm the other candidates Uh, just like Janice McGeehan did in 2018 There were five candidates running for lieutenant governor. Each and every one of them was much more qualified than she. But those extreme uh, support of of hers got out in great numbers and took it away from some candidates who would have done a much better job, who wouldn't have been sniping at the governor every chance they got. So that's the problem that you've got with a closed primary. You can get um, control of the party machinery like they have in Idaho here and then pretty much call the shots. And uh, Governor Otter, uh, so many other people have said that's not the system we want. That's not the kind of system that lends itself to good governing.
1: Once again we're talking with uh, former attorney general Jim Jones this morning. Um I want to the open primaries is just one part of this equation. Can you explain in layman's terms so that all of our listeners and uh the two co-hosts on this show mm-hmm. can understand what is ranked choice voting? How does that work? Okay. I understand that because when I
7: heard about you know, several years ago, I was a little puzzled, too. It's not as complicated as everybody uh, seems to think. And I think, <clears throat> well, here, here's the way it goes. Under this initiative, uh, in the primary election, all candidates on the same ballot, Republican, Democrat, uh libertarian, whatever, everybody appears on the same ballot. The people, the top four vote getters uh, in the primary, then go to the general election in the general election. People can vote for their favorite candidate. And that's usually going to be a Republican in a Republican state. They can also vote uh, in their, uh, Uh, Rank choice uh, for the other three. So candidate number one, that's your favorite. You vote for them. Candidate number two, if number one doesn't make it, I'm going to vote for this person's number two and number three and number four. So anyway, you just go into the voting booth, pick your favorite, second favorite, third favorite, and fourth favorite. So they count the votes, and uh, if anybody gets 50% uh, or more, that person is the winner. That's what happened up in Alaska. The incumbent governor got over 50%. He won outright. If nobody gets 50% or more, uh, then the candidate, the one who got the least votes of the four, uh is excluded, and anybody who voted for that person as their first choice, their votes go up a notch. So their number two vote goes to number one, number three to number two. So in other words, if somebody doesn't get the 50% or more, the people who supported the lowest vote getter, their votes go up a notch and then they tally it again in other words their number 2 votes goes to number 1 and usually that will be uh the winner if it doesn't work that way then there's one more uh round and uh you will have a winner in three rounds now that sounds again,
2: I'm sorry. That 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 sounds like the old uh, presidential conventions where they used to come with uh, several favorite candidates and then end up with a, a compromise candidate. Is is compromise good in this case?
7: I think so. Um, it's not exactly the same, but kind of the same concept. It's it's really not as um, convoluted as the opponents claim it is. You know, the voter just goes in and picks his favorite uh, and then ranks the others. And, uh, you know, like I'm saying, these traditional Republicans that I rounded up to support the initiative wouldn't have uh, gone for it if it didn't have the promise of are uh, giving a Republican candidate uh, for the winning slot. Uh, the traditional Republicans just want a chance to get some of their people into office. And it worked well in Alaska. It's worked well in Maine. A lot of the uh, cities down in Utah use it, and they're happy with it. Australia. Uh Ireland, they use it.
1: Jim what Jones. happens oh, We need to take a break here, Jim, when we come back. We got we got more on the way. If you have questions for Jim, our uh phone lines are open right now. 208-336-370, 3700 six seventy on your Verizon wires, talking about open primaries, ranked choice voting. We've got more questions and we've got some people standing by uh with some questions for you this morning. Once again, former Idaho Attorney General. Jim Jones, talking about open primaries, ranked choice voting. We'll get more
0: on the way after this. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, Play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
1: Former Idaho State Attorney General Jim Jones with us this morning, uh, talking all about open primaries, uh, also ranked choice voting. Uh, I like Jim how you said, uh, originally, it's like, it's not as, uh, difficult to understand as you think. Um, I might be an idiot, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm still a little bit confused on this. Um, I, I did want to, uh, get to some phone calls this morning. Um, Susan and Caldwell, um, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI and, uh, you have a question for Jim Jones.
3: Hello, Mr. Jones. Nice to speak with you. Um, I really want to thank you for your cogent explanation of ranked choice voting. I know it sounds a little strange, but when we read it in your explanations in the Idaho press, it makes total sense, and I'm hoping you continue
7: your columns in that paper. Are you planning to? I certainly am. Uh, I uh, have turned into a columnist. Although some of the people who read read the paper claim I'm a communist, <laughs> that's not true. But no, I'll I'll keep at it. I enjoy it, and and it's something for an old dude to do to keep his brain working.
1: Uh, Gary in Mountain Home listening this morning. You're on News dot KBOA uh, KBOI. What's your question for Jim Jones?
6: Yeah, let me uh, let me as a uh, as a way of giving a little bit of background. My wife and I came here to Idaho and, uh, moved to Mountain Home in September, middle of September 2021. Uh, we're from, uh, west, western Washington state originally. And Washington state has got all of that. They've got ranked choice voting. They've got open primaries. And Washington state does not work very well unless, you know, you're in favor of homelessness and, and uh, all the other stuff that goes on, including the state being able to take your kids and um, change their sex if uh, you don't agree to it. And also, after watching what happened in Alaska, where a Democrat who wasn't the favorite choice still got elected to the House of Representatives, I'm wondering why you still favor both of these both of these efforts to what i think is to actually subvert democracy in the state of Idaho. We came here because of your freedom and uh, the the nice people here and to escape western washington. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't have
7: to escape anywhere because I was born in Twin Falls, I grew up in Idaho, I've been an Idahoan for 81 years and I don't like the way our system has turned out under the closed Republican primary it's like an invasive weed that has come in and and uh wreaked uh, havoc with uh the political system in Idaho um actually the thing worked uh, the election worked really well in Alaska last time for Republicans the governor uh One, outright, he got more than 50% of the vote. He's a Republican. And the funny thing is, though, that he has uh, started working across the aisle with some of the people who are concerned about environmental issues, along with the uh, petroleum industry, and uh, things have uh, gotten a little easier to work with Uh, some of the problems have up in Alaska. The uh, Republicans did very well in the legislative races. They did lose uh, the congressional seat, but that was because uh, the uh, Republican candidate, Sarah Palin, came into the election with 60% disapproval rating by the people. And that included a lot of Republicans. They were unhappy uh, with the way she conducted herself uh, as governor. And ever since then, she told people, do not vote for me for number two choice. And a lot of people believed her, and that's why she (laughs) didn't win. That was pretty stupid. So, uh, you know... That was not a usual result of ranked-choice voting. Ranked-choice voting requires that the people who are in the final top four uh, try to reach out to other people. Try to reach out to voters a little more across the aisle instead of just a tiny little cadre of uh highly committed, extreme voters. You have to broaden your appeal a little bit and and take the nastiness out. Sarah Palin and the other Republican in the race were going hammer and tongs against each other, and they hurt each other's chances. Uh, Ranked choice works because you have to moderate your uh campaign rhetoric, you don't necessarily have to moderate your views, but you have to talk civilly about the issues and civilly about each other. And uh, that was what Governor Otter was getting at in his comments. Ever since we've had the closed Republican primary, the races have gotten so vicious. And, uh, you know, this initiative
1: i think will fix it all right um we need to take another break here can you stay with us uh through one more segment sure all right I know you're on house lockdown uh, today, so um, you, you're not able to leave. So we kind of got you cornered. We'll take a break. We've got news coming up here next. Once again, if you have questions uh, for the former Idaho Attorney General Jim Jones, feel free to call us up, 208-336-3700, talking about open primaries, ranked choice voting. If you have questions, you can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com or Mike at KBOI.com.
0: Casting from the Empire Title Studios. We are news talk on KDOI.
8: The initiative aims to change primaries to an open format with instant runoff general elections. This is also called ranked choice voting. In short, primary elections would include all political parties. The top four vote-getters in the primary, regardless of their political affiliation, would go on to the general election. Voters would then rank their top four in the general election, with the winner
4: needing at least 50 percent of the vote. We got to work as hard as they do and be nice about it.
8: Former Idaho Governor Butch Otter is one of 116 community-known Republicans statewide that align as traditional Republicans in support of this initiative. To him, this is about bringing civility back to the Idaho GOP and state politics.
1: Once again, uh, former Idaho Attorney General Jim Jones is with us this morning, uh, explaining ranked choice voting and uh, talking about the uh, open primary initiative. Uh, I a question for you: if, for instance, in, in, in ranked choice voting, is it possible for a candidate who got the largest percentage of the vote? but under 50% on the first ballot, and then it goes to ranked choice voting. Is it possible for the person who got the largest percentage of the vote to lose the election to the second- or 3rd place person on the uh, uh, original ballot?
7: Uh, Yes, it is, and and that's why candidates need to broaden their appeal and, uh, you know, not just have a really narrow... Uh, appeal to a narrow group of voters. And so, yeah, it's it's possible that that could
1: happen. Gordon, uh, counsel listening this morning at 93.1 FM, you have a question for uh, Jim this morning?
7: Yes, I do. Good morning, Mr. Jones. I want to see if I've got this sorted out. Suppose So I go to the primary, and I'm shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with Democrats and independents. And there's several people there, and I, I I vote for one, and then I look and say, well, my second choice is so and so, my third choice is so and so, my fourth choice. So that is the ranking. Okay, the guy, my first choice, let's say he's he's wiped out, he gets knocked out.
6: Now that means that my second choice will uh, get gets a vote for me, and if he gets knocked out, then my third choice, uh, if he's still in the running, gets my vote. How am I doing
7: on that? Well, the thing is that you have more than one opportunity to have your candidate win. If you're first in a regular election, if you don't vote for the person who gets the most votes, you're out of the game. But in rank choice, if your first choice doesn't get it, your second choice might. Uh, so you have more than one shot at the apple, even though you only had one ballot. Uh, if your first uh, pick doesn't get it, your second pick might. So it gives you a little more power and a little more say-so in who goes to uh, the legislature.
1: Got a uh, question here written in a uh, text message from Tom in Boise. He says, I just want to make sure I understand the ranked choice voting. Does this mean that everyone, both Democrats and Republicans, um, then the top will be on the general ballot? Yeah. The, uh, the,
7: the primary is uh, nonpartisan, so... Everybody runs in the primary. The top 4 go- vote getters then move to the general election. And that's where the ranking takes place. Got it.
2: Is is part of the idea here to get rid of small uh unpopular ideas that that just start out at least small and unpopular. Because, I mean, it seems like most ideas that end up being good big ideas start out small in the first place, and and this would kind of uh, negate them altogether. Is that wrong or right?
7: Well, it's not so much the ideas, it's the candidates. If you have a candidate who has a dedicated cadre of supporters Uh, And usually that's somebody with fairly extremist views that uh, just represents a minority of the party. Uh, They can control who comes out of that primary and then goes to the general election. In Idaho, it's a strong Republican state and 80% of the eventual general election winners are picked in the primary. They're, They're picked in the Republican primary. So if you can organize, take over the party machinery like Dorothy Moon and her supporters have with the assistance of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, you can pretty much run the table with your candidate because you can knock off a really good guy like Jim Woodward up in the 1st District with uh, a very uh, insignificant uh, portion of the Republican electorate. Uh, You can do the same thing in uh, the Moscow District with Dan Foreman. Uh, You can do the same thing in twin falls county uh with a fellow named jim patrick who was really a hard-working guy uh was knocked off by somebody who calls supporters the open primary initiative communists um i'm not a communist in fact uh, i spent 407 days and the Republic of South Vietnam fighting communists, I did not see one piece of communist propaganda that uh, supported open primaries. In fact, the communists didn't like to have anybody competing against them in elections. So I, I don't know how I would fit the communist uh, category, but... If we have the other side of it, democracy, you ought to have the person with the broadest appeal winning elections. And that doesn't happen here in Idaho.
1: Another question uh, by email this morning says, isn't this just an attempt by Republicans to oust far right Republicans um, from office legally legally? I guess I'm trying to understand the last part of his email, but the gist of his email, is this just a way for Republicans to oust far-right Republicans they don't agree with?
7: It is an ideal tool to get rid of the uh, extremists in the legislature, the people that are so far to the right that they don't represent the broad range of people in the state um from the republican standpoint to traditional republican standpoint this is an opportunity this will give them an opportunity to show that they have a broader appeal to republican voters than the extremists and and that is essentially from the republican standpoint what uh, I think they're trying to do but from the standpoint of that great number of people the 272,000 people who are independents and don't feel like they ought to be coerced into registering for any party in order to have their right to say who's going to represent them um, I think it's a mechanism to give the independents uh, a voice in who goes to those legislative seats in the legislature.
2: Would, would you agree that uh, if you think government works well the way it is, that open primaries and ranked choice voting are the way to go, but if you think government needs to be completely scrapped and built again, then you've got to have more clear winners and losers?
7: I don't know if I would look at it that way. <clears throat> I would just say that this is a way to get politics back to the way it was uh, before the Republican primary was closed. Uh, you know, this is a Republican state, and the Republicans pretty much control things, but it wasn't so nasty and divisive. And this is a mechanism to get back to the time when people could work together, when they didn't have to drum up uh, uh, divisive issues uh, to whack each other over the head with. And I I think that that's what Governor Otter was trying to get at. Get us a time when we could talk with one another and, and not vilify one another.
1: Jim Jones, thank you for taking some time with us this morning. Thanks for taking our listener questions. I appreciate um, uh, trying to explain ranked choice voting. Uh, I don't know if it did a whole lot for me. I understand it a little bit better, still a little confused in some areas, but I appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Sure enough, glad to.
0: KBY time is 946. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 950-208-336-3700,
1: pound 670 on the Verizon Wireless. Email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com.
2: You know, it, it, I guess personally it doesn't bother me that people with so-called extreme views are in the public discourse or are even winning elections uh, simply because I guess I don't feel that it's up to me or any individual to decide what is and what is not extreme. Uh, certainly I can have an opinion and say so, but it's up to the general public, uh, the voters, and if those, again, so-called extreme views are in the discussion, it gives the voters the chance to make a statement to embrace or, if they see fit, to soundly reject any particular view. And I'd like to think that the public is, is smart enough you know, to know that louder doesn't necessarily mean better. Mm -hmm. Uh, An open primary, uh, like I said, makes the state maybe less bipolar. Uh, I I kind of asked him, and he didn't really give a different answer, but I asked him, and your political philosophy is compromise good. And what I meant by that is government better when everyone gets what they want about half the time, and then they don't get what they want about half the time. And I think that that is the way it used to be and what he uh, wants to go back to. But... uh, I'm curious, who would win the presidency if we had ranked choice voting in the general election? <laughs> because you know that people who have Donald Trump at number one probably wouldn't have Joe Biden in their top no, five list. No, no, probably and not. And conversely, yeah. people who have Joe Biden at yeah. number one wouldn't have Donald Trump in their top five list. That's a good Wh- question. Who would be the compromise candidate? Or is there even such a thing anymore?
1: Uh, email in Mike at KBOI.com. I'm a little disappointed in you, Mike. You're allowing your station to be used as a propaganda tool. Why? This movement is all about removing freedom from our state. Why are you giving them airtime? This removes the people's choice. And talking moderately is not something our state requires. We need the ability to say things like they are, or we are going to lose this nation. Thankfully, in the end, God holds each individual accountable for their actions. This isn't propaganda. No, uh, this is again, actually going on right you know, now. We
2: just read your opinion, and we and we gave you know Jim Jones his chance for an opinion as well. And they're just different opinions. Not everybody thinks that... Anything extreme is necessary. There are plenty of people who are right down the middle.
1: And you have 116, 114, something like that, Longtime Republicans who, who, agree, with with, him. who agree with him. So, I mean, this isn't just yeah. Jim Jones's view. We, t- we talked about Butch Otter, former Idaho Governor Butch Otter, who served many terms uh, as our governor, uh, who also want to see ranked-choice voting and primaries. So this is something, it's going to come down... First of all, whether or not this even makes it on the ballot. Because if this doesn't make it on the ballot next year, it goes away anyway. Mm-hmm. And they have to get enough signatures. Um, and um There has to be, I think it's 66,000 verified signatures to get it on the ballot for 2024. And then once it's on the ballot, it doesn't mean it's just going to win. If the people of Idaho want to see ranked choice and open primaries, Then they'll vote for it. If they don't, they won't vote for it. Mm -hmm. It comes down to what the people of Idaho want. And that's not a radical view. That's, that's the way democracy, our democracy is supposed to work. So, I mean, there's still, this is a long bar that they still have to get to. It's got to get the signatures first by April of next year, and then it has to get voted on
2: in the election. This is the sort of thing that third party candidates are always hoping for in the general election. They hope that your, your first choice maybe is the guy on the far right and then your second choice would be the guy right in the middle, and your third choice would be the guy on the far left, and then vice versa. Other people would have their first choice, the guy on the far left. The second uh, choice would be the guy in the middle, and then the third choice would be on the far right. So the guy in the middle ends up winning in the end. And that's what a lot of third-party candidates try to do, and really nobody's ever gotten that done
1: yet. That's a a big part of why I don't like the ranked choice voting, as it was explained this morning, that the person who receives in the first go-round the largest majority of the vote ends up, right? could possibly end up but, not winning the election because he didn't get voted, he might get the most votes, but then got voted fourth or and like, third.
2: And, and like I said, I mean, he, he said not exactly, but I said, is this, uh, is this something uh, that you want if you like the way things are, if you like the way government works, then do it this way. But if you think government needs to be revamped, uh, maybe more extreme is what you need.
1: Another uh, text message says it's all about who counts the votes and this just give them more choices to choose from who decide who is extremist. I say no and hell no to this idea. All he said is he wants to give up some of his rights in the name of niceness. We've got more emails. Uh, if you want to continue emailing, I know we're out of time here this morning. We'll talk a little bit more about this uh, coming up tomorrow morning, and get to some of the emails we didn't have a chance to today. Uh, thank you to everybody who participated in the show. Thanks to uh, former Attorney General Jim Jones taking some time with us to uh, explain this to us. We're on a 20-hour break. We'll be back again tomorrow. Don't forget, Guns and Roses. Tomorrow.